bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you tomorrow and this evening to pause in our lives and to ponder and reflect at where we're at, where we've been, and to give you thanks. Father, we know that perhaps it is challenging and difficult for many to give thanks in the midst of things we face presently. And so, Lord, remind us by your word who you are and who we are and why we should always give thanks. We pray be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. In our Old Testament lesson this evening, we see that the children of Israel are on the verge of entering into the promised land, and God takes a moment of time to pause, if you will, and to cause them to reflect on all of the things that he has done for them, things for which they should be thankful. And it's interesting that if you listened carefully when that was being read earlier, you would have noticed that there were a few things that God mentioned which were kind of tough on the Israelites. I'll put it bluntly, I let you go hungry so that you'd appreciate the manna. I let you face this so you'd appreciate how I delivered you. I think those are, are good words for us today. As we reflect on the year past and all that has happened and all that is unfolding that is still unfolding before us. I mean, there is a reason why we are gathered here today with a virtually empty church. And it dawned on me just a little while ago that when the church is empty, I can't see anybody doing this while I'm preaching. And so I can just keep going. Give thanks. Thanks, Marty. Seriously, we would rather have a church full of God's people, gathering together like we're used to doing, gathering as families tomorrow, extended families, with friends and gathering together for a large meal. This year's different. The gatherings are smaller. Families are keeping to themselves for the most part. And we struggle to find the things for which we can be thankful. For there is much that we look back and reflect upon and much that we wrestle with in our lives today. And the questions come up, why? Why? Why, O oh Lord? We don't always know the answers to those questions. 
But what we do know is that Scripture reminds us that in all things, God is working. And we can sometimes forget that God is working in the things that we face, whether they're things that are are very personal to ourselves, whether they're things that we face together as as a congregation or community or a nation. That in the midst of all things, God is working. Paul says it in a very interesting way. When he speaks to us in the, in the book of Philippians, he reminds us to pray, praise, and give thanks. But he doesn't stop there. He says, in all circumstances. Not just when things are going well, Not just when things are going from our perception our way, but even when things stink, when loved ones have died, when our health isn't good, when we face economic hardship or uncertainty. or pandemic, and fear. It's very easy for us in those times to question God or even to forget about what God is doing or to wonder if he's doing anything at all. And yet the psalmist reminds us to give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his love endures forever. Some of us know that particular verse and have used it in our lives as a, as a closing prayer to our meals. And yet even we sometimes are just a little bit lazy because that tradition goes all the way back to Luther. But Luther didn't stop there. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. He gives food to every creature, to the cattle and to the young ravens when they call. His pleasure is not in the strength of a horse, nor his delight in the legs of a man. The Lord delights in those who fear him and who put their hope in his unfailing love. Amen. Learn the rest. Why? Because we learn in there that at the very end, he's telling us to put our hope in him, in his unfailing love. A love that drives us right to where we need to be in the midst of the things that we face. Paul says it in our epistle lesson today. I urge that all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Why? Because we all need to hear of God's enduring love, a love that comes to us because of the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, who suffered on a cross, 
That gift of eternal life is ours only through Jesus Christ. It comes to us in no other way. Deliverance is ours through Christ. I love the Jewish Passover Seder meal. There's a section in that particular meal where, as you're celebrating it, the the children of Israel are recounting their history. And they use a Hebrew word that's repeated in a refrain type of way after they recount the various things that God had done. But they do it in a unique way. They go like this. Had God brought us only to the edge of the Red Sea, dadayenu, that's the Hebrew word, dadayenu, it would have been enough. Had he brought us across the Red Sea to the other side and drowned the Egyptians in the process, it would have been enough. Had he brought us to Mount Sinai and yet not delivered his law to us, it would have been enough. And he goes on and on and on. And it's a wonderful reminder that says as God works in our lives, we need to be thankful that it's enough. That no matter where he's taking us, where he's guiding us, and where we're at, he's worked in our lives, and it's according to his will. And therefore, even if it maybe doesn't meet our expectations right now, it is enough. Dadayenu. That's faith. That's a faith that's willing to accept what God gives. And from our Christian perspective, we can say it this way. If God had only sent his son Jesus Christ into this world, it would have been enough. At least from our perspective. But from God's perspective, it wasn't enough. He sent him to a cross to suffer and die. To pay the price for our sins. And yet even for God, that wasn't enough. Because on the third day, he raised him from the dead. And even now he has ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, judging the living and the dead. Whatever God does is enough. But you see, God does more than what we need and more than what we should expect. Because he is a loving father. God does so much for us that Paul reminds us that the sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. That's where we'd be without Christ. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory Through our Lord Jesus Christ. The message is a powerful one. And it's the one that needs to be proclaimed and heard and shared. And that's why Paul reminds us that it's for all people, for kings and for all who are in high positions, that we may lead peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. In a time of contentious elections, it's time for Christians to pray. 
to pray that a nation can be brought together, that a nation can be healed, not through the politicians, but through Christ. For the true healing that this nation needs is not the cessation of political hostilities. The true healing this nation needs is an eternal healing and a healing of the heart and the spirit of the mind that points us to Christ Jesus. A healing that goes right to the heart spiritually. And when will we be healed? When will we know that we've accomplished that? When people of all races and colors and creeds and people of all political flavors can gather together in the same place as brothers and sisters in Christ and worship Almighty God and give Him all thanks and praise. Uh, Pastor, you're being a little unrealistic. That's never going to happen. You know, when people tell me things like that, I got to look them in the eye and say, you really don't believe in a God of the impossible, do you? For with God, all things are possible. With God, it's possible that a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. With God, it's possible that his own son can be born into this world. With God, it's possible that he can take upon himself human flesh and be obedient to his father, even death on a cross. And it's possible that with God, he can wash away your sins and mine today and forever and for all of eternity. Our God is a God who does the impossible. But just like he calls the children of Israel in the Old Testament... He calls us to believe. To remember what he's done and to believe that what he is about to do is possible. In our prayers tomorrow, we pray not only prayers of thanks for all that God has done, but we lay before him all of the things that we would ask him to do to bring healing to our lives, the message of the gospel to our friends and family, to touch the hearts of leaders, and to send a wave, a wave of, of enlightenment and, and reformation and proclamation of the gospel across this land. That's what we pray for. Because you see, as his people stand up and proclaim, Paul reminds us, this is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who, what? who desires that all people be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. We thank God 
for the promises of life that he's given to us through faith in Jesus Christ. And we pray that God would give us the opportunity to share that faith, that the nation might come to him, and that we can truly come together as his children, brothers and sisters, and give thanks and praise in all things. Give thanks that you know Jesus. And thank God every time he gives you the opportunity to introduce others to Jesus. It's not in the turkey. Or in, I'm sorry if I say it this way, the pathetic football we see this year. It's not in the pies. Although I counted, right now there's one pie per person in our house. So that's doing pretty good. It's not there. It's in Christ. Our hope, our joy, our salvation, our praise, our thanksgiving is to Christ. Give thanks and praise and serve and obey Him. It's our duty, it's our call, it's our joy. Give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.